shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Crystal Payne is a friend, a returning podcast guest, a wife, a mom of six, speaker, podcaster, New York Times bestselling author, and online entrepreneur, best known for founding MoneySavingMom.com. Her new book, The Time-Saving Mom, is a real-world, no-nonsense guide to keeping you sane and doing the things you love most. We are so honored to have you back for a second time for our podcast. Just so excited to talk to you. Yes, and some family things have shifted in a really beautiful way since we saw you last. Will you start there? Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your family, and then we're excited to talk about your new book. Yes, it is such an honor to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so we have uh, six kids. I was just telling you that we are getting ready to launch our oldest. Um, She is 18. And then we have a 15-year-old who is actually a junior. So we get to do the senior thing two years in a row. And I don't know what we were thinking when we said, yes, sure, you can test up and be in a higher grade. But here we are. And so we have a senior and junior, and then we have a um, 13-year-old, almost 14-year-old, and then 10 years of secondary infertility. And then we have a two and a half-year-old who is biological. And then we adopted a sweet little boy who is also two and a half. He has Down syndrome and other medical Mm. complexities, and he has just taught us so much. He has slowed us down in the Mm. most beautiful ways. And Mm. just he is just a gift to our home. And then we also have a nine-month-old. Wow. Wow. I mean, are you sleeping at all? 
I am sleeping. Um, and, you know, it's like if I only get up four times in the night, that's a really good night. So, so you just change your expectations, yes. you know? So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we get up in the night with teenagers. It's not that's always true. just little, oh, is yes. it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's for sure. You know, how, I mean, we were talking about this before we started, but Dave and I um, talk a lot about at parenting seminars. We're always really glad when there are parents of teenagers in the room because. You just know there's so much that's out of your control. Mm-hmm. And I think that enables you to be able to enjoy some of the other things a little more. And and so for you to have this perspective of both ends, I would think it has certainly changed how you're relating to the littles. It's such a gift. Like mm-hmm. I think also with having 10 years of secondary infertility and I think mm-hmm. then going through um, fostering, I didn't mention that, but we fostered a little boy that we adopted. His name's David. I'm fostering for 22 months. We also fostered another little boy who reunified with his mom. Mm-hmm. And I think you just, yeah, it's like you recognize that those little years go by so quickly. Yes. Even though when you're in the thick of it, it feels like this, like I am always going to be buckling little children into mm. seatbelts and I'm always going to be, you know, having to bring the diaper bag and cut food into little pieces. But <laughs> but then you look back and you're like, it's just a few short years. Mm. And so I think to just really embrace every day. Mm. Yeah. Such a good reminder. Well, speaking of that family dynamic, you have a brand new book called The Time-Saving Mom, which we are so excited about yes. being out in the world and talking about it today. And you are overqualified to write a book <laughs> by that title. So yes. tell us a little of what even inspired the idea. Mm. So I actually was really resistant to writing this book, which mm. is interesting. I... When I started writing it, realized, oh, this is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I opened the book talking about when I was 18 years old at my high school graduation, I gave a speech, not because I was the valedictorian, but because <laughs> I was homeschooled. So mm. you get to give a speech at your graduation because it's a very different experience. But, And I talked about time is short. And that was mm. something that I've just been passionate about since the time I was young of using time intentionally. But I was mm. resistant to writing this book, just feeling like there are so many books out there mm. on time management. What do I have to offer to the world. And um, my acquisitions editor, she just kept saying, Crystal, you know, I just, I don't understand how you do all you do. And yet you seem so calm and you seem to just love your life. And that's Mm. true. And I said, I don't really know. She's like, well, take a few days and just really pay attention to what do you do? And Mm. I started realizing it's just so simple. And I went back to her. I said, I just keep everything so simple. And I don't, think that people would want to read a book about that. And she said, but that's the ticket there, you know, yes. and, and recognizing that simplicity is a superpower. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because when I was writing this book then ended up, we didn't know that we were going to be adopting. That wasn't part of the story uh, that we thought, um, but then God changed things. And so about, I think it was six weeks into starting to write this book, um, it became abundantly clear that God was calling us to adopt. And so we said yes to adopting David. And then four weeks later, found out that I was expecting. Four and weeks <laughs> later. And wow. So, so wrote this book in the middle of morning, noon, and night sickness with two toddlers and three teenagers and just became my own case study because honestly, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to have time to write this book. And then Mm. I thought, that's the whole point. Like Mm. the whole point is, you know, I don't want to go through my life saying I don't have time. And so I wrote this book in five and 15 minute segments and just saw God multiply. You know, I said, okay, I'm going to trust you. You're going to be faithful. And he was, he was so faithful. I actually turned the book in early. That was all God for sure. (laughs) That is amazing. Gosh. 
it takes us a while to write a book. I can't even imagine. I can't either. Yeah. So, okay, I love, you talk about a four-step system. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, I like that idea, simplicity is our superpower, however you said that. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So we definitely, in our counseling offices here, mom's more overwhelmed than ever before. So Mm -hmm. we are so grateful for this material to be able to get get in the hands of moms. And we love that it's as simple as four, because nobody has time for more than four Mm -hmm. things. So will you talk about what those are? Explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it wasn't one of those things where I was like, this is my four-step system that I've been doing for 15 years, but it was more (laughs) my editor kind of saying like, what is it that you do? And so yes. really paying attention. And I realized it starts with prayer, mm-hmm. like that posture of prayer, of recognizing I cannot do this in my own strength. Mm-hmm. And so starting my day mm-hmm. from that perspective, opening up my hands, releasing to God, you know, we talked about sleep. There are many nights when I'm woken up multiple times and mm-hmm. I used to kind of be really frustrated by that. Like I'd wake up in the morning feeling like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. It's just going to be a bad day. I'm going to have a bad attitude. And to change that to, I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to ask you to multiply the sleep that I got, Mm. and you're going to multiply it to be enough. And so, you know, like the five loaves and the three fish, God can multiply that to feed thousands. He could also multiply whatever sleep that I got, and He can multiply whatever energy that I have, and just really relying upon Him. And so in the book, I go into very practically, like what that looks like to pray over my day. I get on the Mm. treadmill most every morning and pray through the details of my day, like praying for this interview, you know, just praying for if I need to have a hard conversation with a child, if I need to address something with a friend, if I have to, you know, have something that is just weighing heavy on me instead of just carrying it around and feeling so overwhelmed by it to just release it to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I just get to go through my day anticipating how he's going to show up and be so faithful. And he always is. And so mm-hmm. prayer is the first step. Second step, prioritize. In the book, I talk about my six times two priority system. So we have two hands. I can hold two things at once. If I try to add any more than that, it starts to be where you know I'm feeling really weary, exhausted, overwhelmed, guilty, or just dropping balls. And so for me, I only focus on two priorities per day. So I have six priorities that I want to wrap my life and my time and my energy around, but I rotate them. So I look at my week as a whole instead of my day as an individual unit. I feel like so many moms are overwhelmed because they're feeling like I need to, you know, be taking care of the kids and really spending all this quality time with them. But I also need to be really focusing on this, you know, my business or my work. And I really need to be pouring into my marriage and I really need to be getting my home organized and I need to take care of my health. And what about my friendships? And 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 then they take it all on themselves all day, every day, and then they feel so overwhelmed. Mm. So for me, it's not that, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to talk to you kids because you're not my priority today, but that I'm going to intentionally focus on them. Like maybe it's a one-on-one date or some, you know, movie Mm. night or something twice a week. We're going to have that intentional time. Same thing with my marriage. Same, Same thing with homemaking, you know, just cleaning the house and focusing on some decluttering projects or something. Same with the business, same with friendships, same with my personal health. And so just focusing on two per day has made such a difference for me. So prioritizes the second step. Smart. Third step is to plan. And mm. so in the book, I talk about my hybrid planning system, which is using Google Calendar and using a time block to-do list. And basically, this is just my brain on the computer and on paper so that I don't have to carry it all around in my head. The more that I can get out of my head, the more that I can breathe. Wait, now you're so much younger than we are and so much more technological, obviously. A Google Calendar. Okay, yes. I get that. And then what was the second thing you said? Time block to-do list. So literally a notebook that okay. I just write 
like times. So okay. this is what I'm going to do this time, this time, this time. And okay. I find this to be so helpful because it used to be like you wake up and and I'd write this massive to-do list, like 37 things that I need to do today. And then it gets to be 4 p.m. and I would still have, you know, 27 things on there, even more than that. And then mm. I'd feel like such a failure. So when I put the time blocks in, it helps me be a lot more realistic. Mm. I also pad it because hello, you know, life happens. And and then I allow two to four hours of wiggle room. Mm. And so just where it's like completely free, I don't put anything on there. And so then I've planned for the interruptions because we know they're going to happen. So then when they happen, I'm not frustrated by them because I've planned for them. And Mm. I have space in my day for that child who needs to have that conversation for my husband, for my friend, whatever. And so time block to-do list with a Google Calendar has been so helpful to me. And and I talk about different ways, you know, for some people that feels super restrictive. But for me, moneysavingmom.com is um, something that I have run for years and years. And I talk a lot about budgeting. And I feel like when we have a budget, mm-hmm. we tend to feel like we have a lot more money mm-hmm. because we're being a lot more intentional with how we're spending our money. We're pre-deciding how we're going to spend our money. Same is true with our time. If we pre-decide how we're going to spend our time and then we just follow that time budget basically is what my time block to-do list is, it feels like I have so much more time and I'm able to be a lot more present mm-hmm. and show up for my life and put those priorities that, you know, it's not like I'm just getting up and chasing my tail. I'm able to get up and focus on the things that are most important. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we have one more step. Um, let's not forget prep, which mm-hmm. um, in the book, I talk a lot about how this can practically be applied where just like prepping with a morning and evening routine, but it's not just that. For me, it's also the mental prep. So often I feel like what holds us back is what we believe in our head. Mm -hmm. And so when we tell ourselves, I'm not good at that, I can't do that, and or we just start making excuses. I find that it's so easy for, you know, maybe people are listening to this podcast and they hear me talk about a time block to-do list. And the first thing you go to is, oh, I could never do that. That wouldn't work for me. And I just really challenge you. If that's what you're feeling, let's move back a little bit, back the train up and say, (laughs) hold up. Maybe I can't do that, but what can I do? So Mm. replacing our, I can't do that with what can I do? And really challenging ourselves to, instead of saying, I can't, say, what can I do? And then look at what we have at our disposal. What do we have in our hand? And let's Focus on doing the best we can with what we've got where we are. Mm. Mm. That's so good. I know. I love that. I wonder if you had the same thought I did as as you were talking about the pray part of it and starting the day in that way. As we're sitting here recording this, we are on Good Friday, a week and a half after the Covenant shooting. And we were both friends. David knew her for longer than I did, but we both knew Catherine Coots for mm. decades and just mm. were bananas about her. And mm. Saturday... I mean, not Saturday. See, I don't even know what day it is as a result of all of this. What day was her funeral? Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm. Went to her funeral, and her husband and both of her kids spoke and Mm. were remarkable, as they are humans. And her daughter, Anna Kate, who we both adore, talked about—I mean, everyone talked about how strong Catherine was, and she was this amazing, brilliant, fierce, protective, loving person. And she, Anna Kate, talked about her waking up every morning and said, I don't remember a morning that my mom wasn't up and pouring over her Bible Mm. before the day started. And she said, that is where my mom's strength came from. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, the things that you're not even aware of that your kids are picking up, 
from seeing you do mm. that. You know, just, I love that. I love all, all of them. As Enneagram Ones, we're totally tracking with you on all <laughs> yes, the practicality of it. I love oh, it. Oh, in fact, that's where I was going next of saying, I love that the book even has worksheets in it, which yes. is Enneagram Ones. We love that. And it is so chock full of just super practical things. Mm-hmm. And would love for you to just share what are even three things that you would say moms could even implement today? Yeah, so I would start with the prayer piece. Like, I feel like that's why I started the book with that instead of we can get to all the practical stuff and the worksheets and all of that is great. But I feel like starting with that foundation of literally just getting up in the morning, stopping, Mm. taking a breath, and asking God to go before you and just Mm. kind of thinking, okay, what do I have in this day? You know, what do I think is going to happen? What am I kind of maybe caring that I'm that's feeling heavy and just releasing that to the Lord. So starting from that. The second thing that I would just encourage is to make a simple plan. You know, mm. I talked about my time block to-do list. If you're like, I can't do that. Well, write down five things. So you're like, okay, these are the five things that I'm going to do first mm. in this order this morning. Starting your day just with a simple plan can make such a difference. And then The third thing that has been super, super helpful for me, and this is a little bit higher level, but is having a habit tracker. And I talk about this in the book, but so I feel like so often we say, you know, I want to change in these specific areas, but we never make a plan to actually change. And so I love Atomic Habits, the book. um, Mm. And one of the things that he talks about, um, James Clear is the author, he talks about tracking your habits. Like if you don't track it, how are you going to know whether you're actually making progress with it and how are you going to follow through with it? And so I have a simple, just little sheet that I print out every week and it just has these 10 areas that I'm working on in my life. Very Mm. simple things. It's like, the amount of water I want to drink, that I want to do a workout every day, that I want to get seven hours of sleep cumulatively. (laughs) It's always broken up, but cumulatively. Things like that, that I want to spend 30 minutes listening to an audiobook, 10 minutes reading. Now, for Mm. every person, it's going to be different, but tracking that every day has been so helpful to me. It's a simple practice. You could put two or three things on the list, but just reminding yourself, these are the areas that I want to focus on and I want Mm. to work on. And then I'm going to make a plan for actually tracking it. And for me, that's so helpful. Then you can see like how you're doing. Mm. A few weeks ago, I was just feeling kind of stressed and I was like, where is this coming from? And I looked at my habit tracker and I realized three nights in a row, I had not gotten seven hours of sleep. And I'm Mm. like, Ah, mm. right there. So I was able to course correct instead mm-hmm. of, you know, getting to the place of three weeks later where things are really in a bad place and I was just, you know, desperate, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. These little simple daily habits and tracking them can make such a big difference. Mm. That's awesome. I just love the concept behind this book. I'm so excited about it. Well, okay, so on the podcast this season, we're talking about emotionally strong, as we were talking about before, which I agree, Crystal was saying it's A great title, totally is, and worry-free. And if you were to think back on a story from your own childhood Mm. that kind of helped you move toward that, Mm. what do you remember? What's Mm. a story that really influenced who you are today? So my parents are some of the hardest working people Mm. that you will ever meet to this day. Like They're almost 70. I think they turned 70 this year, and they're still just going, going, going. And I remember, so when I was 
11 years old, they wanted to build a house debt-free. So they worked really, really hard to pay off their house. And then we moved out to the country on this piece of land that they bought and lived in a construction trailer. So my dad is executive vice president of a real estate development company. So you know those construction trailers Uh that they'll like pull up to like a commercial Mm -hmm. thing? Yes, it was that. It was actually mice infested and um, Mm -hmm. had no air conditioning. We had to clean it and all that, but we lived in that for, I think it was about eight months while we, my dad was a general contractor and built this house. And I just look back on that time and see my parents, like how they were so faithful and how they worked so hard. And I feel like that it really impacted me to see the sacrifices that they made to get in a better financial place. And also they wanted us to be able to be raised in the country, mostly so that we would work really hard. Um, mm. And so we learned to, you know, have this big garden and watering trees and all that. But I, to this day, am so grateful because I feel like that is what really shaped in me this kind of drive and this work ethic that Mm. has made such a huge difference. And I feel like so often parents are scared to give their kids chores, scared to require their kids to work. But I always say like, it is a gift that you are giving your child to help them to be, you know, I think it's like, you know, emotionally strong. Like it helps Mm. them to have things to do with their hands to teach them that, you know, this is real life. Like in in real life, things aren't just handed to you. And so working hard and then seeing the fruit of your, of your hard work. Mm. That's so good. Well, and even building on that, what would you say are some things that have made your own kids emotionally strong or, Mm. or more worry-free? No, I feel like actually hard things. Like Mm. if I, if I look back and see, you know, with our teens, I feel like each of them have walked through hard things. And as parents, it's so easy to want to just swoop in and protect them and bubble wrap them and just kind of, you know, cut down all the trees to pave the path so that they don't have to get scratched or bruised or, you know, have hard things. But that's how they're building their backbone. Mm. And, and so walking with them, instead of protecting them from hard things, it's hard as a parent. Like your heart breaks when their heart is breaking and you just Mm. wish you could take it all away. But instead of just trying to take it all away to point them to Jesus Mm. and to just love them through it, I see how all of them have gotten so much stronger and so much more confident and worry less and, you know, are just more emotionally strong as a result of hard things. Mm. What a gift to them. So... As you think back, like we were talking about having the different ages of kids, mm. I mean, when you think back on your early years as a parent, what's something you feel like you worried about that you wish maybe you hadn't? I wish that I had not worried about what other people thought. Mm. I worried so much about, am I doing this the right way? Are they going to be approving of this? And gratefully, there wasn't social media so much back <laughs> then because I feel like that would have been much harder because my life is... all. I have an internet business and that's what I do, blogging. And I feel like I spent so much time. I would go to bed at night and I couldn't fall asleep because I'd be worrying about like, did I feed them enough good food? Like, mm. oh, did they brush their teeth enough? Like all these things that, you know, mm. and, and I'm and just thinking, well, she's doing that. I really should be doing that with my child. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid that like, oh, they shouldn't be having sugar. And oh, did I give them enough chores? You know, just just mm, all the things. Just go to bed. You know, just <laughs> fall asleep. Like and and so I'm just I'm grateful to have the opportunity to parent three little ones again mm. and to just be able to just love them lavishly and be like, you know what? We're making a lot of choices that other people wouldn't agree with, but 
I am the one that stands before God someday for the choices that I make for my kids. And it is okay if it looks very different than another family. Mm, Yes. Love that. Me too. What is one statement you wish that someone had said to you on the front side of the parenting journey? Mm. It's hard to do sit down to one statement. We talked earlier, I would say like, this is a gift and you're going to miss this. I think that you you hear that so often, but really even in those hard seasons, I look back and I miss those seasons where I felt like this is so hard and yet I miss things about it. But I also would say for me, I've been on this journey. I wrote about this in my book, Love Center Parenting, but just really understanding that I am pre-approved in Christ. And I feel like as a mom, like that really plays into not chasing after other people's approval. And I wish that, you know, I could go back and just tell my 23-year-old self, like, you know, you're enough in Christ. You don't have to do more, try harder and attain some level of perfection as a mom and for God to look at you and be pleased with you. Like you're pre-approved in him. And just that understanding has given me so much more confidence mm. in how I parent and how my I love my kids. And it's also just taken so much stress and burden off of me. Mm. Well, that's a great truth already, which was our next question, but I feel confident you have more. So if you were going to say a truth right now that helps you worry less, what mm. would you say? I remember an older woman telling me when I was walking through a really difficult season with one of our kids, like God has equipped you to parent the child that he has given you. And Mm. I struggled with that because I I felt very ill-equipped. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to parent this child. Like, this is really hard. Like, no, somebody else could do it so much better than me. But just having an older woman look at me and say that to me, and I just remind myself of that often um, because it's not like, you know, now I never question my parenting. I mean, all the time, you know, sure. it's like, especially with teenagers, they just like, they'll come home and they'll just say something out of the blue. And you're just like, I mean, nobody prepared me for this one, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so just reminding myself, like, God has equipped me for everything that I need to parent this child that he's given me. And so I can lean on him and rely upon him. And so often I talk about in the book, like sending up flare prayers of just like, God, I don't know how to handle this situation. Mm. I don't know what to do in this situation. Please, Holy Spirit, like give me the words to say or the questions to ask, or maybe I'm just supposed to go sit with that child. I don't know what it looks like, but give it to me right now because I need it. And and God is so faithful. Yeah, Mm. he is. Okay, we've got a two-part question for you that we end every episode with. You've answered part of it probably yes. with us before, <laughs> so, but you might have a new version. Yeah, you might have a current answer, queso or guac, and what's your favorite kind of taco right now? Okay, so so queso or guac, that's a really hard one because it depends upon, like, was it homemade? Was it still, like, mm. I, I, like, if, if it's store-bought in a little container, that's, that's an, like, kind of a big nope for both of them. But, like, <laughs> if it's homemade from, like, a really good Mexican restaurant, I'd probably say guac. Yeah, probably have to go with that. And taco, mm-hmm. uh, fish taco, usually. Mm. Although I had a really good beef taco the other day from, I don't even remember, oh, Oscar's Taco Shop. My oh, girls, they they like here. to go there. Um, it's close to their school, mm. and they like to go there um, for break, and so they, uh, for lunch break. And they asked me, they said, Mom, can you come meet us for lunch? Oh. And so they took, and, and it was so hilarious because they walk in, and the lady said to them, Your usual? 
And I was like, how often do you guys go in here? And they're like, oh, that's so-and-so. Like, they knew all about her life and everything. And I was like, but anyway, so it was fun to get, like, this little peek into my girl's life. But anyway, so that was a really good beef taco from the Oscars Taco Shop. Mm, That's so fun. Thank you. It's so good to sit down with you again and get to hear all that's going on in your world. And we are so excited about your book. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, especially Mm. in the middle of everything you have going on. Like, it's just, I am so grateful for both of you and just the work that you're doing in the world is making such a difference. So keep on keeping on. Mm. Crystal, thank you. That means a ton. Well, you too. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.